How does it feel to be back? Uh, it's a blessing, man. It feels great, for sure. I need this. You need this yeah. relapse? Yeah. Yeah, didn't you say the first time you opened it, it was an alternative to suicide? Yeah. <laughs> God, is that where we're starting from? <laughs> there was this video, and so this one day I was just like, you know what, God? I was like, you uh, give it to me. And if you give it to me, when people ask, I'll tell them it's because I prayed for it. But you got to give it to me. Literally the same hour that I prayed that prayer, the guy who owns it calls me up out of the blue and says, hey, do you want your theater back? Wow. So if I didn't thank God for that, I would be a fucking dick. Hot breath. Hello, it's me. Hot breath. This is your favorite host, Joel Byers, and welcome to your favorite podcast, Hot Breath. That's right. We did it twice today because we have a twice time and dandy episode with a very hilarious and insightful and motivational guest, Bob Wood, ladies and gentlemen. I like to call this one uh, divinely delightful, if you will. I'm sitting here recording this in the midst of a divinely delightful thunderstorm here in sunny Georgia. So thank you for joining me wherever you are. And thank you to my sponsors, of course, Comedy Binge. Anybody who's tuned in before knows this is, I would say, one of the most groundbreaking comedy festivals out there. It's the first of its kind. It's the first to ever be online. And I highly recommend it for any comedian just looking to get in front of industry without having to strain yourself. A lot of these festivals are all over the country and they cost an arm and a leg to get there, but thanks to you being a hot brethren or sisterin listening to this, you can go to comedybinge.co, use promo code HOTBREATH to get five bucks off. But our favorite Rob Hayes will be headlining the festival and it's really just a good opportunity to get in front of all sorts of industry all over the world. So comedybinge.co, promo code HOTBREATH. Of course, one of our original and A1 Day 1 sponsors, Wax and Wick Soy Candles. These guys up in Chicago were providing hand-poured soy candles with just all killer, no filler, no chemicals or such. So if you're a fan of quality and you listening to Hot Breath, you are, go to waxandwick.co, use promo code 40 off Joel Byers, and get 40% off your order. I mean, do you hate deals? then definitely don't do that. But if you love saving money, go to waxwink.co, promo code 40 off Joel Byers. You get 40% off some of the best quality candles money can buy. Speaking of quality you can buy, how are comedy company? Ladies and gentlemen, this is where I teach my stand-up class. This is also where we teach sketch and improv. I'm not going to brag, but... A lot of our sketches from Highwire have been being featured on Funny or Die and many other comedy outlets. So if you're interested in learning how to write such successful sketches, you can highwirecomedy.com. If you're interested in my class, highwirecomedy.com. If you're interested in improv, highwirecomedy.com. There are early registration discounts going on right now, so definitely check that out. And if you'd like more info on my class, check out fellow ATL pod hardcore casual we just did a one-on-one interview with the awesome Sam G just about teaching and my philosophy and really what people can expect from me and my class so definitely check out hardcore casual podcast on iTunes Stitcher Google Play all that just google it and you'll find it but if you have any doubts listen to that interview and feel relieved knowing you're in good hands with Joel Byers. So, howarcomedy.com, howarcomedy.com, all your comedy needs, one place, kaboom. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Thank you to my sponsors. Thank you to my listeners. Thank you to Bob Wood. Thank you to Relapse. Thank you for making it this far into the intro. I know a lot of people are like, oh, here come the ads. Let me go ahead and skip them. But my ads are actually, you know, providing you insight into things you actually care about. So, 
Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this interview, and you're welcome for tuning into this interview. You will not be disappointed. Bob Wood is a um, a one of a kind character. This guy, if anybody who's been a hot brethren since the beginning, that was a um, explosive amount of thunder that you just heard in the background there. Um, so I guess God is a fan of hot breath as well. He just did a a, we call that a thunderclap applause break here in the uh, comedy biz. But it's awesome. Relapse is really a unique, one-of-a-kind venue. I've had so many positive experiences there. And anybody who's been listening to this awesome podcast from the beginning, you've heard multiple comedians reference Relapse and just the influence had on their career. So it's back. And I felt it was certainly necessary to bring back Bob on to the podcast. He's been in here in spirit with people talking about him, specifically even last week when our awesome guest Rodney called him the master barterer slash baiterer. So you can tune into that one to find out why. But tune in today to learn why Bob has had such an impact on the Atlanta Comedy Festival and <laughs> Atlanta Comedy Festival. It's, I mean, it's not just a festival. It's a scene. It's a movement. It's a revolution. But... What this interview is, is a one-of-a-kind, genuine conversation with really one of the most just genuine and nice and thoughtful people I've ever sat down and talked with. So I think you're really going to enjoy hearing his journey from trekking 11 hours to go to an improv meeting and how he actually found relapse and how it maybe didn't start off legal at first. There were some fun stories he gets to share along the way, but really what it comes down to is just be nice to each other. He has a lot of philosophical guidance I think you'll like, and you'll hear about some good behind-the-scenes stories of Relapse, how it's not just a comedy venue, but it shows everything from um, b-boys breakdancing to comedians breaking down. So you're really going to enjoy this. Thank you so much. And if you do enjoy this, please share a review on iTunes. That'll help just make me feel good and make you feel good that you're contributed besides just listening you know you went the extra mile you're a true hot brethren and sister and so i said all that to say there was another thunderclap apparently god is ready to get on with this divinely delightful episode so without further ado with the rumblings and tumblings of what we now call hot breath or whatever. I present to you oh, a one-of-a-kind conversation that was my best Rodney impression. with a one-of-a-kind oh, guy, Bob <laughs> Wood. <laughs> I um, got you a water. Whoa. There you go, buddy. You got your own water, dude. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> that reminds me of... Uh, what does it remind you of? And when people uh, start a business and they get <laughs> they get cards and flyers and uh, <laughs> bottles of water named after them. They pretty much go get, under before they even get started. <laughs> and they get all this stuff. And then it's like, uh, maybe you should have focused on what it is, the thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, the water came later once I figured out. Is this a water company? Is this an ad? <laughs> You tell me when we start. Yeah, we're, we'll start. We have started or we will start? You be honest. We're in here. <laughs> I think we're starting. With your permission, of course. Sure, man. Sitting here in the uh, newly furnished relaxed green room. Yeah. How does it feel to be back? Uh, it's a blessing, man. It feels great, for sure. I need this. You need this yeah. relapse? Yeah. Yeah, didn't you say the first time you opened it, it was an alternative to suicide? Yeah. <laughs> God, is that where we're starting from? <laughs> there was this video uh, Jordan Barclay did. It was for her college thing, and she interviewed me, and you know, I told that story. And then I don't do the website or anything, and so apparently there's this, web, there's this video of me asking for $80,000, and it says... I'll kill myself. If you, you know, it was just oh, it kind of. It wasn't what it said. It was like this really nice piece, but then it all together was like he's gonna kill himself unless you give him eight thousand dollars. And then they didn't. And then nobody did. <laughs> <laughs> then they didn't, and nobody did. 
But is that really like how low you were before this place? Is like were you? Oh, before this place? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the bottom. That's the lowest I'd ever been. Yeah. So the whole idea was to create a place that was all about being nice. Not that I've always been nice. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, that's the. So that was my got me out of the everything's so dark and everybody's so crappy and. Uh, what like, put you in that? Oh God. God, um, we can come back to it if you want. It's, it's not. Let's, let's just <laughs> not. Let's just not. <laughs> let's just say it was a low part. Yeah, it was really low, man. It was bad. You know, I have children. I've got babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to have my fourth, and so they're like the coolest things in the world. So I had two children when I started relapse. Okay, and didn't always ag- agree with their mothers, and so, okay, you know, wasn't able to see my kids for a minute, and. So it was low. It was really low. It was a bad time. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking it was like comedy related. It but. also was. It coincided oh. with, with all of that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I w- there was a big, I left uh, the comedy that I was doing and uh, just without thinking about it, just one day I was like, okay, I'm out of here I'm doing something else. And uh, I would never, up to that moment, I was cool where I was at. And, mm-hmm. then, and then a flash, I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Was that a whole world? Why we got to say names, man? I love them. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I mean, this is the '90s as well. So like, people change and whatever. But your story's so interesting because I love them. They're they're a wonderful group. I'm so proud to have come from what was built there. David Webster, the Mm -hmm. all all the amazing cast that I watched, you know, from the sound booth actually for years. Uh, Just awesome. Yeah. So. And you just went from like being a volunteer there to the actual creative director. Is that correct? Yeah, man. Yeah. So you had a lot of time there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I loved it. I just wanted it more than everybody else. You know, I remember I, I walked from the Mall of Georgia three times. What? Because I, yeah, because I thought I was going to be late for a crew rehearsal. And so it took me like 11 hours. A couple of times people gave me a couple of... That's another story about some of those rides I got. So there was a couple of times I got, you know... I got like five miles taken off of or whatever on a ride, and those always ended up weird. Like hitchhiking? Yeah. Oh. Well, I wasn't hitchhiking. People would just stop and be like, hey, do you want a ride? Why don't you come back to my house? I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. Like, get out of the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so, uh, but yeah, I know I walked it, and I said that. Um, Jeez. Yeah, it was one of those moments where it's like, okay, I, I want this. Like, this is, I want it more than everybody else. It might not be as good or whatever but I damn sure want it just as much as anybody does. And so walking was important to me because people are like, well, I couldn't get there. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you could have. If you really want it, if you really want it, you'll go get it. If you want to walk 11 hours yeah. and then sleep under the risers. Yeah, and this was for a crew rehearsal. <laughs> like this was just like adjusting the lights and practicing some lighting cues oh, and sound wow. cues and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was like, I'll never, I'll never be late. <laughs> Couldn't afford it. I, in the morning, I was like, I don't have a way to get there. So, and would you walk back too? No, God, I could barely walk when I got there. My oh, legs were okay. so everything hurt for like every time I did that, it hurt for like a month afterwards. Oh, geez, yeah, eleven hours. So I guess that's why you slept there, just because you had yeah. you walked that far. You're gonna get your time's worth. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a wonderful experience, man. Yeah, for sure. And then where it ha- what's interesting about how Relapse got going is you first started off by sneaking in. Is that correct? Teaching improv classes here? Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess you could, yes. <laughs> yes, you could say that. So I squatted the church. I broke into a church. <laughs> there, I said it. And uh, yeah, I did, man. Um, and uh, while I was in here, I found the keys and saw that nobody was in here really and it was kind of it was really bad condition there was like homeless people living in it and mm. so i did my little uh i staked it out i drove around it like uh like the walls of jericho you know i was you- like i'm gonna this is mine i uh-huh. was like i was like i'm going to do this so i just drove around it and drove around it and looked at it and came up with a plan and then um yeah just was like check those keys to see if they worked and so yeah then relapse was born man that's the whole thing. Just broke in and was like, hey, who wants to come tell dick jokes? 
<laughs> and you would rent out the parking lot for money, is that correct? Well, yeah. So we were. I was hanging out here one day, and a construction company came up. They said, we'd like to rent your parking lot. And I was like, I would love to rent you these people's parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, you know, because I'm going to make the space nicer with it. So, yeah, I rented it to them and um, saved up enough money from that to eventually get you know, a lease on the property, which was cool. So what? I've squatted it, uh-huh. leased it, lost it, leased it, squatted it. Owned it, foreclosed on it, <laughs> almost squatted for a second. Yeah, I did for a little while. And then gone for three years and then back. You lived here while it was oh, open yeah, the first yeah. time, right? Like, yeah, my you mom. You had a whole setup? Yeah, my mom, my, uh, my son. Uh, we all lived here for four years, I think, was about the time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And what did you do about the homeless people when you first walked in? Like, how did, did you I just know, start teaching them improv? <laughs> like, how did that go down? No, um, I made them leave. Like you were the owner? Like, yeah, yeah, I, just, I got the keys. Get I out. just made them leave. Yeah. yeah. No, there was, I don't want to, it sounds so mean, but um, I never, I was never mean to anybody, but I was just clear that it wasn't a homeless shelter anymore, that it mm. was a theater now. And I would always tell people. And like I'd wake people up, I'd be like, hey, man, I think church is a totally appropriate place to find sanctuary. So I'd always give people, you know, if I, if I was waking them up, tell them they couldn't sleep there, I'd mm-hmm. give them five minutes. I'd come back after six. It was really nice. And then a lot of them weren't nice. So, you know. Um. <laughs> what an interesting uh, yeah, so, you know, and predicament. So, yeah. So, we, you know, I was, I was forceful and... Um, um, eventually, you know, got rid of them, but I always pointed them in the right direction where there was a place where they could get help. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were, if they, if they didn't seem so aggressive or whatever, we'd always, always try to help people. But like this, they were, they did terrible. There was a bunch of homeless people doing terrible things around here for a long time. So doing bad stuff in the neighborhood. Oh, okay. Just, you know. So you just decided instead of homeless people, we'll just bring comedians in and just do terrible stuff down here. Matt Farr. <laughs> yeah. Matt Farr. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, please and, share. Well, you know, he I don't know if he's going to get mad at me for saying this, but I'll credit him with it. It's awesome. But <laughs> describing that time of relapse, he, yeah. he said that um, he goes, you know, the building was just as abandoned as we were. Wow. And I was like, that's he's a genius. And that's so awesome. And uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there's been I mean, I haven't heard any stories specifically just in passing, just hearing glimpses of just like just this i mean this was a this was like a crazy place for yeah yeah while. so we don't want to talk about too much of that <laughs> well it's like good for people to have the context because like this this is and like and i was talking with rodney about this i mean this is gonna be like the clubhouse for atlanta comedy this i mean that's that's what this place is gonna become and we've talked about before like there's a lot of newer comics who have no idea Right. What this place was, where it came from, why it is such a big deal that it's back in action. So, like, that's why I wanted to interview you to add, you know, some perspective to, like, just how valuable and how important it is that we come together and make sure this place is long-lasting. Well, you know, I tell you, it's so awesome. Like, we never had a sign out front. I don't think I've ever... I've, you, you know, the websites have never worked. <laughs> always been different ones and... um but it's that same thing where it's like, okay, maybe I don't have a lot of business cards. But, see, I think why I love this place mm. is because this place loves all the comedy. That's always been our thing. You know? So if you're another club or if you're a club I came from and we had beef at one point, you know, it's like um, that's because we do stuff that we love. We do the same things. And so I, th- I thought the idea of having a theater that always supported other theaters. I think there's enough room for 50 more at least. Mm. Because we have, I mean, traffic. Have you seen traffic lately? There's so many people in the city now. Like, everybody could be booked out. Um, everybody. And they should. And so you'd never want to crap on another club because then um, uh, it's your friends that do stuff at your place that do stuff at their place. So anytime you crap on anybody. So that was always the idea here was to be a home for comedy. So mm-hmm. other places, other models, let me say that, other business models, the plan is that the audience is the customer. And Relapse's plan has always been that the comedians were the customers, that this was a place for them, and their customers could be the audience if they ever figured it out. 
not my job to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, we did a lot of shows for nobody, you know, but we had a blast doing it. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, it's, you know, some groups are great at promoting themselves and still it's the old thing with comedy, you know, but we never, we never got on anybody ever. I never got on anybody forever. Not bringing a bunch of people or whatever. Right. Right. It's like, was it fun? Did you have fun? Were you nice? Was everything cool? Because that will eventually create huge audiences. Can't force it. Um, and uh, yeah. So. Uh, and what's special about this place too is that it, it's not just improv. We're talking. I mean, like stand up. We're talking about every like anything comedy centric. You're like, let's let's do that here and relapse. For some reason, yeah, yeah. there's like this. There's a divide between like stand up and improv. And, and this was like this was like the place that bridged that gap. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Why you know, I, I I definitely think so. You know, we had simple rules around here, and it was for real. Like the rule was be nice, and um, you know, uh, hug. Mm -hmm. And when you hug people, don't slap them in the back. Just give them a hug. If you hug people, everything will change. Mm -hmm. And that was like the rule. It's like you can do whatever you want. Just here's a couple rules, you know, don't be a dick and react to fake punches. <laughs> Do those two things and everything will work because there's nothing worse than doing a fake punch on somebody and them not reacting. Let's get out of here. Why do you think there is such a, a, a riff between like the two scenes? You know, I always, um, <laughs> I don't know. Is there... Um, I mean, it's not like there's a rivalry, I think but it's people just, are in their corners almost. Yeah, well, I think because everybody does comedy, so it's fun to make fun of the other, <laughs> you know? But I, I think when it came down to it, we were more on each other's side than, than not, you know? Um, like another conversation with Matt Farr, he said, you know, the hardest part about doing improv is explaining that to your dad that you're gay. <laughs> and I said the hardest part about uh, doing stand-up is figuring out who your dad is. Oh. Right, so I think there, therein goes the. <laughs> Did you ever do stand up much? I've done it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. My, I, I'm, I like to be happy and light, and but stand up for me just goes so dark because I enjoy dark comedy too. I really do, mm -hmm. and I don't want to. But I don't want to. I like improv is very kumbaya. Mm -hmm. And it's nicer. And I think comedy's better when it's nicer. Now, my person it doesn't make it doesn't make the other comedy any less funny than what it is. But comedy that makes everybody feel good is better. Yeah. And um so I'm not I I think saying terrible things is funny. <laughs> and uh, so um but nobody wants to hear that. And I don't want to say it to him. So um yeah. Yeah, comedy is very kumbaya, but at some point I guess, you know, there's gotta be some moolah coming in or like, let you know, me tell you something if i had all the money in the world this is what i would do mm -hmm. so i disagree with that because i'm already so rich my life is so rich i get to do what i want to do and so if i had all the money that's what i would do with it so i circumvent the process and uh went ahead and just got everything i wanted and if i get money too that'd be like excellent were you this optimistic when it relapse closed or did you think this was it man you know um i have faith man yeah i do i have lots of faith i'm blessed and um you know one day i just uh three years into it man i i i i, I drove by it every day i threw my hands up and said uh grace grace and a little prayer for it and that's gonna be my daughter's name by the way mm. grace and um i think that's not <laughs> official it's but on the record that's now. That's the working title we have for working right now. Working title for my daughter. I'll call her Gracie, and Karen's <laughs> like, don't call her, just call her Grace. And I'm like, if you, when she's little, I'll call her Gracie. And so, but, but, so I would say that every day, you know? And, uh, and so one day, man, I, I, I had all these business plans read up, and I was almost in like 12 different locations reopening Relapse through the last mm -hmm. three years. I mean, I was actively trying to find spaces. I wasn't doing like... Um, campaign funding or whatever online or whatever because i i don't want to give any money right, <laughs> so, right. so i'm not gonna ask you to either you know it's like it'd be more organic well i was just gonna try to handle it you know uh -huh. and uh so it got so close and they would fall apart got so close and fall apart and so i'm broke i've got all these kids and you know uh, um just a uh, beautiful family 
How old are your kids? Uh, 21, 14, 4, and uh, second trimester. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, what was I saying? So you were broke with all these kids. <laughs> yeah, man. Looking for a new but happy. Relapse. But happy. But uh-huh. happy. I've always been hopeful. I have, like I said, I have lots of faith. I have, I have a foundation or whatever to fall back on. And so um, I've always stayed strong. I've always been a positive guy, but it was really getting to me. So, you know, I let it go one day. I was just like, all right, God, I'm going to, if you want me to have that space. Because I drive by. I live right by it. I drive by it every day. I see it boarded up for three years. Wow. I'm just like, man, I just want to be in there. Just If I could just be in there, yeah. it's just boarded up. This makes no sense. And after everything we did to get in there. So I never lost hope. I said, when they knock it down, which they plan to do at some point, when they knock it down, then I'll, then I'll stop. Then I'll stop hoping for it. And so this one day I was just like, you know what, God? I was like, you uh, give it to me. And if you give it to me, when people ask, I'll tell them it's because I prayed for it. But you got to give it to me. And, I, and I, you just have to I just give it to me. If you want me to have it, I'll have it. I believe that you could. I believe in God. I do. And so mm-hmm. literally the same hour that I prayed that prayer, the guy who owns it calls me up out of the blue and says, hey, do you want your theater back? Wow. So if I didn't thank God for that, I would be a fucking dick. <laughs> you, know, you can't pray that prayer. I love those two things in the same sentence. You can't pray that prayer and in the same <laughs> hour you get exa- you know, everything that you've asked for. And so I'm, just, wow. I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. I do give the glory to God for everything, man, always and for sure. You know, uh, No judgment. Not one of those kinds of people, whatever. But I, mm-hmm. I, I know that I'm, I'm taken care of. So that's awesome. That's my... That's, that's the biggest part about me that people might not know or whatever. But for and where sure. does that foundation of faith come from? Man, prison. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, you know, I did it the other way, too. Prison. Are you being serious? Yeah, I turned 18 in prison, man. Wow. I did. I did. Yeah. No, I, I robbed, a, robbed a store um, to pay for college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, listen, so, yeah, no, you know, I dropped out. Um, you know, the last grade I finished was the eighth. And um, I, uh, yeah, I went to prison when I was 17. Um, got out immediately. Obviously had a daughter. She's 21. So I was a teenage father. Wow. M- middle school dropout <laughs> and, uh, and convicted felon, you know. And, uh, but I tell you, you know, that's, why, that's why I give it all to God, man, because I'm, um, yeah, my life's so wonderful. Yeah. I'm so blessed. Um, how long were you in there for? Well, that, there was one stint. It was only 13 months. Um, but then I had also Jeez. just gotten out of YDC and, okay. you know, and so, and, and for stupid things have gone back and, but not really, it's not my fault things, you know. Well, you've gone back to prison. A couple times? Not prison. No, oh, no, no, just... no. I'll never go, never go back, whatever. No, I changed, man. I did. I changed. I realized in there that um, I wanted to be, uh, I got saved. I wanted to be better. So since yeah. I've been 18, you know, same. I've been on that same trajectory. It's awesome. So were you just like a, a kid without any guidance? Was there any positive influences yeah, around you? my great, man. Yeah? I'm just, uh, I was just always bad. Yeah. I was born bad. Uh yeah i guess man but uh no my parents are like awesome okay family's awesome we we couldn't be closer everybody's supportive um it's brilliant man it's absolutely brilliant have there been other instances in your life like a a divine moment where you prayed for something and then it just like happens let me tell you something so many times along this theater people are like it's going to take a miracle and i've always responded Mm. cool because i'm used to that yeah, dude, all the time. That's why there's no way I couldn't have faith, you know? Because uh, you, you do that, like I said, you'd be a complete dick. <laughs> if you're like, if you ask for it and you get it, then you're not like going to be like, well, just whatever. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe try. Maybe yeah. try to be like, maybe there's something here. And so it's, um, yeah, dude, God's faithful to me, brother. Always has been, man. Always, always, always. And uh, that's what, if you know, relapse, it's always been cool. I, I felt like, and it's always been built on those same philosophies. Don't judge people. Mm-hmm. You know, 
unless it's funny. I think the Bible says yeah. don't <laughs> unless it's really funny. It's but you know, I mean, words. like I love all comedy, man. Like that's the whole thing, though. It's like love people. Don't judge. Don't judge. Yeah. Don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge. And then if you can do that, comedy can work. It's the moment that you think somebody else is better than you, or that you think you're better than somebody else. Comedy falls apart. Just comedy's not going to exist in that space because that's fucking darkness, you know. And so uh, that works for improv. You know, when you truly think what your partner is saying is amazing. Mm-hmm. If you walk off stage and you're like, well, I was really good in that scene. Uh, you were just part of a really shitty scene. <laughs> you know? If you were really that good, you would have made your partner look like a god on stage. You know? So, What was um, the first time you did improv? Um, ah, geez. I guess it was been, you know, late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got hooked like... You yeah, just, I, 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 I went and saw one show. I saw Whole World. Mm-hmm. I saw one show that they did. And immediately, I was like, I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like, it was that moment. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I overheard them inviting some girl uh, to do the lights, to help them out with lights. Now, I was from the country, and I didn't, you know, I didn't, this was, I was going to the big city. You but know? You're born and raised in Georgia. No, born in oh. Virginia. Oh, okay. Uh, born on a Navy base um, and lived in Virginia Beach. But I moved to Georgia when I was seven. Okay. So long enough, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's just so much information I want to get out of you. I'm, I'm interjecting I feel some, like this is boring. No. Like, is what I'm saying really dull? I'm really sorry. No, this is this. super interesting. Please. Oh nobody, nobody knows these things Don't about me. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't, ju- Don't judge. Don't judge. No, we were talking about where, where were you at your life the first when you went to that whole world show? Where, where, were you working a job? You were- Man, you know, it's crazy. It's always been punctuated with my children, you okay. know. So I was having trouble uh, with, with, uh, with my daughter's mom. My daughter's the coolest. She's so beautiful, man. And so she was a little bitty thing, and they ran off with her and yada, mm. yada. I don't want to say anything to besmirch her, for right. real, because my daughter loves her. Very, very much. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she's a really good mom to her. So let me say that, but uh, just not to me. <laughs> and, right. uh, but yeah, so, uh, so she, I didn't see my daughter and I was like in this space, I was living with this girl and she was, we got into an argument and I was just like, I'm out of here. And so I go driving just through the roads and um, um, I just getting lost. And I saw this guy's house that I had seen before. And I decided to, to pop in and, um, and hang out with him. And uh, do stuff, uh-huh. <laughs> and because uh, yeah. uh, I knew he liked to do stuff, and uh-huh. um, I had a whole box of stuff with me, you know. Wow. And I was like, "Hey!" And uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so he's like, "I was like, hey, where are you going?" I was like, "Hey, we're gonna go see this comedy show in Atlanta." And I was like, "Atlanta!" <laughs> and then, uh, so I jumped in with him. I drove. I saw this show. I was blown away. I'd always I'd done theater. I'd done Shakespeare. I'd done community theater. I'd done school plays. Uh, my whole life. Uh, but I saw this, I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And um, so, yeah, I overheard them invite this girl. They were like, show up Wednesday at 7.30. And uh, so I showed up. Mm-hmm. And no one knew me and no one invited me, but I showed up. And I had like super long hair. And uh, so I'm sitting in this meeting where David Webster was like sort of giving this speech about commitment and focus. It was really inspiring, you know. And, and he was like, I guess some people the week before had shown up late or did something so he's giving everybody this big hurrah, and then he keeps looking at me, and he doesn't know who I am. So it's messing with his mojo. So eventually he was like, dude, I can't take it anymore. Like, who are you? And everybody looked at me, and they were like, yeah, who are you? <laughs> and, you know, it's really funny. It's, this, is how, this is how much it changed me. So my whole life I had been called Robert. I'm the third. So, and my son's the fourth, so there's four of us. But my whole life up to that point I had been called Robert, but I was afraid I was going to mispronounce my own name. And so to make it simple... I said, my name is Bob Wood. And I was like, I hear you talking a lot about commitment. If you don't make me leave, don't make me leave. I promise you I'll be the most committed dude you've ever met in your entire life. And uh, I just had dinner with him a couple nights ago. You know, that was 20-something years ago, whatever. So I kept my word. And, um, yeah. So that was crazy, man. I just showed up by mistake and was like, I'll do this forever. Um, Lived on this guy's couch, John Cherock. Uh, 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 a few other guys were there, Whitney, Michael, and uh, they were so sweet to me, man. They let me live on their couch, and wow. I just went and, and worked. Yeah, definitely always be grateful. 
Uh, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So, just yeah. a rambling man. Yeah, man. Life but I lost. Crazy. I, you know, so I lost everything. So I had this like car and a job or whatever. But then like got the car got foreclosed, and I was like, you know, I was doing well. And then I did comedy, and then it took oh. everything from me, <laughs> <laughs> which has been kind of like a Is that a theme. Yeah, it's kind of been a theme. Um, yeah. yeah, seems seems like it takes you somewhere, but then it pulls you back. But takes you, and then it, it t- gives and takes a well, lot. I was I was auditing parking lots a couple years ago. I was trying to get them to convert to LED lights, and I took a laser in the middle of the night, being harassed by cops for being in the parking lot, and I was making these maps. Uh, the guy that gave me the job was such a sweet man, and I just didn't. I I was walking out into the parking lot one night with my buddy doing this job, and I was just I was like. I, I'm made for more than this. I can't yeah. do this job. Uh-huh. I hate this. And I was like, you know what? I've worked so hard, spent so much money. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hope for comedy, man. So is that something you prayed on, or you just? Oh yeah. Yeah, you prayed on that as yeah, well. Everything, bro. So everything you always, yeah. Everything always, man, for sure. And now with the, you mean you prayed on the theater reopening, and now that's yeah. happening. I mean, I'd love to know just. How bad of shape? Because I would drive by relapse a lot. When it was closed, I would drive by. And I would just stare at that sign. Uh, when you're coming down 14th Street, yeah. there's that white sign above the door right there. And I would just look at it every time. Like, there's, it's still, that's, it was kind of like a beacon of, like, relapse yeah. is still stamped on there. And there'd be homeless people sleeping right. Right. around it. But, like, what was the condition when you, you're like, terrible. okay. It's like, terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Destroyed. Copper thieves. Oh wow! Uh, oh yeah, they came. They got. They did everything, man. So we've oh. been. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, just it flooded a few times, whatever. But you know, it's kind of one of those. There was, there was. It made no sense financially or anything to do it again. But you know, it's all about acting and uh, just go for it. You know, so mm-hmm. that's kind of what's going on right now. We're just going for it. So, you know, Lord willing, it'll all. Uh, be cool. Yeah, I, I I need this place to exist for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So even if nobody came, I'd probably still try to figure out a way to keep it. <laughs> like, it'd be fine if nobody came. Um, I'll, I'll still, you know, then I can do all my terrible jokes and nobody will have to hear it. You've been getting some big names coming here already, though. Yeah, man. Some big time headliners have come through here and it's only been open like a few months. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've uh, people over the years are like, "Hey, where should you put a VIP section?" And I was like, "The front door, the front." No, seriously, the front door. Like, um, everybody gets treated the same, man. Mm. Um, that's always been our thing. No one's, no one's been treated above or below or whatever. Hopefully, that's always been the, the the purpose of it. So, yeah, that's great. You know what? We've had them look, dude. I I remember watching Tanner Inman, and uh, uh, you know, back in the day. And so I have seen. He's great. Listen, I mean, yeah. and he lived here. Uh, um, so just to get oh, to wow. see that guy all the time and on stage. So, I mean, not just him, but just but obviously him, but not just yeah. him. But that was know? before there was a stage out there, too. Oh, it yeah. It's been, this whole space has been rearranged. You would be sitting in the girl's bathroom right yeah. now in the old <laughs> space. Um, but getting to see him and just. Yeah. Memories. So, I, you know, so it's not just like big names. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But like. Man, we've always Atlanta comedy. I mean, I'm just I I I just remember. I mean, I've watched it for such a long time. And yeah, it's so you know it's so neat too. It's like I I feel like I knew most people uh, pre closing and 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 reopening. Uh, it's definitely been this newer batch of comedians or or you know in, you know people that have moved here because um, they've heard like you know some because we did do some awesome things and so they've heard that and then I'm like oh man like I hope it's not built up for them because it's basically just a building with a fucked up AC and it's just dark and we don't turn the lights up bright so you can't see the carpet. And, um, but you know, it's always been the mission. The mission of the place I think is what has always drawn people here, whether they know it or not. Um, you've seen the scene when it was just like a handful of comics and now you've seen it grow into, I mean, one of the most thriving scenes in the country. It's wonderful, man. It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. No, I you know I love it, man. I love it. I I think that I think relapse played a, a nice part in that. In that, um, 
you know, other people had standards. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, by not having those, by the standards not being the performance, the standards being the person, mm. you know, good people. And, uh, and then let them figure it out. And those who will, will. And those who won't, won't. It's not those who can and can't. It's will and won't. And so those who wanted to did. And, uh, but we always gave everybody a shot. If you were like, people yeah. come up to me like, that guy's, that guy's kind of weird. I think he's like uh, paranoid or kind of weird. And I, my thought was always, give him to me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Bring him here, man. He's a weirdo? Yeah. <laughs> Is he really, really he's self-conscious? He's uncomfortable? Oh, my God. He's going to be amazing. That's <laughs> what I love about this place. I mean, even back to when it was just the un, unmiked open mic. Like yeah. there was an open mic without a microphone. But just this place, you're just free to fail. And that's yeah. what it was. And doing these interviews, like I've been interviewing people before Relapse opened. And most people I've interviewed at some point in the interview would reference this place. Just, well, there's, cool. just there's just a gravity to it. Yeah, man. There's just wonderful people. Like, you know, I think the thing I always did was stayed out of the way. Mm-hmm. Just leave people alone. So, um, you know, all the great things that happened were because great people made it happen. You know, I've always, I've always believed that, you know, just the atmosphere. But yeah. uh, I don't take credit for it. In fact, you know, when, when someone tries to take credit for it, then, um, then it sucks. You know, I've definitely... I used to tell myself all the time, I was like, man, you're probably this place's biggest problem. Jeez, <laughs> you should probably man. fire yourself and get somebody else. But I just, you know what? And I think people could do better at lots of stuff. Everything probably that I do. But, I've, but, but the quality that I feel good about is that, you know, making sure people are nice. Mm-hmm. Like making sure, because I really don't care who, who the person is. Uh, I just care about how they are. And so, um, yeah, man, it's great. I love this place. I really do. And that's why you're open to doing things like having church services here. And I walked sure, in one time, people were break dancing. Yeah, yeah, they still do. In there. They still do. Yeah, we've had a, a, a couple of old school. You know, it's so funny the way that you talk, uh, the way that you say that, that people relate to relapse and early on or whatever. There's, a, there's other communities of people that have that. So it's always been comedy and break dancing, b-boying. Really? Yeah, yeah. HBO crew represent. You know what I'm saying? Dog? What? What? He just <laughs> threw up a sign in here? Yeah, bro. What? A, please, tell me more. Well, I am an official member of the HBO B-Boy crew. Okay. Um, and I can't do any of it. And I'm the only person that's ever been a part of their crew that can't do anything at all. <laughs> but look, I, th- I see it as a favor to them. Like, no matter how poorly they do, they'll never be the worst. <laughs> so that's, my, that's my gift. I bear their shame. No, they're awesome. They've been friends since the beginning, man. We've always just been doing breakdancing here. I'm just a fan. Wow. We did the International World Championship uh, here before we even opened in uh, 2000. I think it was like 2009. Uh-huh. Evo, Evo 4. Google it. Um, man, it's like, it was like Cirque du Soleil. I think there was like 3,600 people that rolled through here. What? Five, uh, uh, what was it? 500 people from 80 different countries. So this is like Hong Kong was here, Sweden was here, Italy was here, and uh, we did three nonstop days of b-boying. It was the coolest thing you've ever been a part of. In this building? In this building, yeah, yeah. There's ciphers all over the basement. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, when you look at it, it's so funny, too, because when you look at some of the guys, you're like, okay, they might try to rob me or, or sell me ecstasy or something like uh-huh. this. You guys, I'm not sure. But then you meet them, and you're like, uh, these guys are like, real athletes yeah, it's you know, crazy like, yeah. for real athletes like there's they the, the hip-hop the way they dress it's just not the way i dress but man just met some of the greatest people um hbo crew like i said man their family what does hbo stand for homeboys only homeboys only yeah well <laughs> actually oh i actually had a an exterminator come to my place when i used to live on boulevard downtown who mentioned uh break dancing he he yeah, he that's Zapper, dude. He saw I was a comedian. He saw like one of my business cards <laughs> laying around. He's like, "Oh, you know Bob Wood?" I was like, "Yeah, I know yeah, Bob." That's Wood. him. That's him. That's him. Yeah, yeah. Oh that's Zap, gosh. dude. That guy's like Just... forty-seven years old. He's got wow. five kids. Um, 
He's breaked. Yeah, man. And all his kids, all his kids uh, um, are b-boys, and his daughter, I think, wow. uh, does it as well. But just family, man. Like the guy have some just family. It's, it's are there great. any other communities people may not know about that are tied to relapse? You know, there. I mean, there have been. I don't know. We used to do like all the DJs in town would all meet here monthly for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we did, you know, film groups that met here for a while. So he's all kinds of people. Yeah. You have any goals of incorporating all that back into it? Well, you know, the thought was always, um, I don't want it to be a venue. I want to be a comedy home, a home for comedy. And mm-hmm. so, um, like, yeah, I'll do other stuff every once in a while, but it really needs to be like all comedy. And, uh, and then, so if you are coming and being a b-boy, you're doing it at a comedy club. Or if you come to hear this band this one time, you're, the band is playing at a comedy club. So I just want to have that clear, this is all about comedy. So, so there's still a lot of space to uh, incorporate here as we're rebuilding Relapse. So what is, what, is your, what is your vision? I mean, I'm looking right at you. Yeah. <laughs> no, what's my vision, I'll be man? Here. Uh Man, parking deck. Um, um, You'd express to me, like, on the other side, building, like, an actual state, like a studio. That's my secret. Oh, is that a secret? No, it's not a secret. Yeah, I just want to build it's a... It's a vision. Uh, yeah, it's a vision. It's a vision. It's a great vision. I, I, I just... I think that lots of times comedy groups form with this idea that they'll be together forever. Maybe. And this was just an idea to to create groups that would create a pilot and if they dug mm. it get a season and it's all in this one particular set and uh so maybe it didn't get picked up or whatever it wouldn't be like the people were out but maybe just that idea was was out so just if you liked it and you like the people you're working with maybe you could commit to another two months uh rather than these just so many great people who have families and lives and stuff who who aren't hobbyists but they are you know um just just so they can see a path forward to do it because doing comedy is important. You know? Yeah. Uh, I had read somewhere there was at one time a goal of like having like a restaurant in here and like yeah. a coffee shop and yeah, yeah. comedy city, if yeah, you will. Yeah, dude. All that. What is all that? Tell them. Oh, my God, man. Well, it's, it's, uh, it is a dream, so I don't have – yeah, I – yeah, man, wow. I've got it all drawn out in the CAD design. Oh, Wow. I'd love to put a coffee shop on the uh, McCaslin Street. And uh, I'd love to give some space for my neighborhood. They have all meetings and stuff, and they meet about public safety and land use and all these things. And I'd love to give them a space uh, to make the neighborhood better, like an office or something. Um, yeah, and then a film studios, some classrooms. Um, you know, a few performance spaces. The idea, I, I love the idea of micro theaters. I love theaters that could only fit 15 people in them. Mm. And so you need to book 15 people. And when you book 15 people, the room's sold out. But it's not like a crappy room where you're like, what are we doing here? But a comfortable, nice theater for 15 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having a lot of those in one building um, is a genius idea. I do. I really yeah. do. And then as you get better or whatever at promoting yourself, uh, you could move up in space um, and actually see profit from your from your effort, but it's just spaces cost so much. They just cost so much, and everything costs so much. So, I think we gave people a place. Maybe you could do. Maybe you're a really funny comic, but you've uh, you're really terrible. Equally as bad at promoting yourself, which is a common thing. And so, what if what if there was a room where you only had to bring ten people or a dozen people, and you charge them ten bucks, you know, and uh, you know, and you got to keep almost all of that. And uh, uh, let's say you, let's say you, let's say a ten dollar room would cost you ten dollars, and a fifty dollar fifty seat theater would cost mm-hmm. you fifty, and a hundred seat theater would cost you a hundred. Let's just say that. Yeah. So, uh, and then you bring twelve people out, and let's say they pay ten dollars for your show. That's one hundred and twenty bucks. So you give us ten, and that's. Uh, you made $110 once a month. Now, $110 extra a month for one show a month might actually turn out to be like a lifesaver for some comics, I think. Yeah. And so I would love to create that way for people to 
do it themselves, you know? Be a home for them. Like, this is a place for the, for the comics, and then the audiences can be there for them. That's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I should ask why it's called Relapse. I mean, where that name came from. Um, yeah, well, I wanted it to be awesome. You know, I didn't mean to shift gears there. No, no, no. Yeah, but, I mean, that was I'm just, sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say something funny in a, in a couple of minutes, I promise. No, no, no. There's no need for that here. There's okay, no then need. I won't. No, it's just, uh, <laughs> I just wanted, I just wanted, I, I, you're getting a little antsy. I just want to get, get through this. I don't want you to. Am I antsy? You, are you cool? Is this weird? Do I sound bad? No, you're, you're cool. Uh, <laughs> We're doing great. You just, you're, you're, you know, painting the picture of this building and I just, it just popped to my head. I was like, yo, but why is it relapse? So, what? uh, well. There's, there's just a couple reasons because I wanted it to sound badass. Mm-hmm. Same reason, just painted the whole thing black. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a theater in Chicago called the Annoyance Theater, and I liked that name. Excuse me, Mick Napier. It's got a. I've read his book. It's the only improv book I've ever read. It's like six pages. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's uh-huh. perfect. It's right. And so, uh, so I was like, I really dug his his book. I dug the name. And uh, I was like, annoyance isn't something that's good. It's something that's bad. But that's what I love about comedy. All tragedy is comedy. Mm. Now, maybe not all comedy is tragedy, but for fucking sure, all tragedy is comedy. And so I was like, okay, I want to name this sort of in that same vein. And uh, for a second there, I thought about calling it rehab. And then I was so disgusted with myself (laughs) as I liked that name for a minute. And then I was like, that's the dumbest name ever. (laughs) And so I did like a thesaurus search and I saw relapse and I was like, wow, that, that means something to me. So I grabbed it and that's how, that's how it came. But then the de-evolution of stage, yeah. which is the logo thing that's that goes awesome. with it, you know, it's not just the, uh, the man to monkey. You know, one, one time this guy was like, he's a good friend and he was so sweet and he was drawing a picture of the logo and he drew my face as the guy with the briefcase. And, uh, and I was like, and he did such a great job and he put so much time into it. And I was like, I was like, look, man, the guy with the briefcase is a (laughs) douchebag. I I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the silly monkey at the end with Bob, uh, Bob Fosse jazz hands. Like that's, that's who I want to be. And, uh, yeah. So I I like the idea because my friend asked me, she's like, what does it mean to you? And I was like, it means sort of just going back to a relapse into a simpler time back Mm. when we were kids and fun and everything was cool. Yeah. And then the devolution of stage kind of goes with that picture of de-evolution, but it's also a, a political, um, uh, statement, which is when centralized power is reversed and, and distributed to, to localities. So it's local control. Uh, and so I love that. And that's why it's the de-evolution of stage is because there's no artistic direction at Relapse Theater. I'm not going to fuck with your show. I'm not going to tell you to do anything at all. This is yours and you own it. And, uh, you know, just don't be nice. You know, just be nice. Don't judge. And, that, and you know, that solves everything. You know, be nice is a big umbrella, man. That's, uh-huh. You know, so... Because um, you, you could ask them, well, I, did you feel right to do that? Yeah, yeah. Was it nice? Oh. I was like, right. It wasn't, don't oh. do it then. Because, um, so, uh, yeah. So uh, that's the whole point. So everybody can, everybody can decide for themselves. There's no one being like, hey, you need to bring this many people out. And I didn't like that joke that you made about Catholics. And um, it's like none of that. You know, some of my, some of the, some of my, oh God, uh, Greg Proops came in one day and destroyed like five things that are meaningful to me, like important, you know, for me, for me personally, like, like, and he just ticked them off a list. He's like, people that do like this. And I was like, oh, that's me. Oh, man. <laughs> and I see, but the thing is, is like, what's so cool about that is I loved that show, mm-hmm. you know, and I love him. You know, he's always been such a sweet guy. And, um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what I love about it is that it doesn't have to be. I'm, I'm getting lost here, man. No, you're good. All right. Well, All right, Captain. Well, <laughs> well, it's just living by that philosophy has paid off for you personally because, you know, reopening this, you got to, okay, the place is reopened. Okay, now we have to sustain it. And you've had so many people come together, whether it yeah, be man. just volunteering their time, money, resources like, I mean, people yeah, yeah. have really rallied around you. Well, yeah, not really money at all, Joel. That'd be great. Oh. <laughs> I thought there were some finances facilitated. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, yeah, there has been a little bit, a little bit, but okay. it's never. Well, I'm not been. saying you're coming off like a bandit. No, no, no. I, no I'm no, just what I'm saying, saying is piece by piece. Yes, yes. No, people are wonderful. People treat me wonderful. Many people have helped. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's what I was, what I was joking about is that it truly has never been enough. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, hey, I need, I need, like, I need nine hundred dollars. Here's. 878 and you're like i don't have the i don't have the other 22 at all and so thank you for that amount Mm -hmm. but then i'm in the same situation you know so i'm not complaining i swear to god i'm not complaining but i think it's like uh i see other things behind that you know if it's got to be a miracle is what it is if it was done some other way it wouldn't be miraculous and people could take credit for it but it's a miracle so Rodney called you the master barterer. God. What's, what's the story behind that? I don't know, man. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, he said master baterer and then master barterer. <laughs> no, man. I think, uh, no, people, you know, I like people. I do love people. Uh, even people that don't like me, I truly do. And uh, uh, so people have always sort of shown me their better side. You know, so many people have been like, oh, that guy's a so-and-so. And I'm like, well... Is all these people have always been great to me, and I don't know. So yeah, people are just good to me, man. Good. Yeah. So you've been good to me to do this interview. Oh, I mean, cool. Thanks for being so open. Um, I guess a little unwittingly at first, but then you appreciate you being so honest with me because there's there's so much about you that people don't know that I think they should know just to understand how important this place is and the commitment you've made to not just relapse but atlanta comedy in general so thank Sweet, you for man. taking the time to do this yeah, um, yeah just as a fun story okay uh, something i ask all my guests is like a story of getting booed on stage never happened but coming from an improv <laughs> background is there like a bombing story that you can think of that oh, just God. you can't forget yeah yeah okay so yeah there's a few there's a few uh some well, you know, there was this, uh, there was this game called Confessions. You get confessions uh, before the show. Okay. Things that people would only confess if they weren't going to get caught. You get them from the audience. And then uh, during the middle of the show, they throw all of those away and write their own <laughs> that are actually funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and then, but, you know, you as the performer, you don't know that because you're, you're, you, it is all improv. And so um, you... You pull it out and you have to read it. And so I had forgotten to play the game. I was doing a scene, but I hadn't. And so this guy prompted me. He's like, don't you have something funny to say? Just put me on the spot. And uh, he was saying, pull the slip of paper out of the hat right. and read it as if it were your own true words. And I forgot we were playing the game. And so I was stunned. And I was, this is when I was fresh, just starting and so I said this line from Real Genius about hammering a six-inch spike through a board with my penis. Because I saw that when I was a little kid, and it was uh, like the first thing that popped in my mind. And uh, it was not funny. It was uh, the worst. Uh, it was the fucking worst, and I felt it. And I was just like, I quit. I never want to do this ever again. This uh, is the worst feeling uh, in my life ever. Did that and kill the show? It really and everybody else was 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 spot on. So. Couldn't climb up. <laughs> you know, I got the note. I got the note afterwards. You know, um, I tell you though, the the best note I ever got was this guy named Phil Cater, hmm. genius. Can't believe he's not just like the most famous comedian, genius. And uh, yeah, so he, I hosted a show. He pulled me aside for like three hours with just this entire list of notes, and I was so appreciative of that because I looked up to this guy big time. And, uh, you know, I left with be yourself. Mm. Like, that's what I took away from it, be yourself. And I, I always remember that conversation almost every time I get up on stage. And uh, so that was, the, that was the turning point for me in comedy. Like, I was trying to be funny, trying to be funny. And then uh, it's, still, it's still not working. Just like, um, just be yourself. Yeah, just be yourself, man. You know, because everybody's, fuck it, just be yourself. All right. Well, in closing, is there anything else you want the world to know? Um, no. Mm-mm. No, no. I don't have a Facebook um, because I don't. I don't have MySpace. <laughs> and I don't want you to know anything. 
And is I it because you don't have the internet? No, I, oh, I, oh, I, I can get some internet. Oh, okay. No, you know what? Uh, being off Facebook has been. Uh, people are like, you need it for your business. You need it for your stupid things. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I don't talk to cops and I don't talk to Facebook. And I see them exactly the same way. Mm. They're like, uh, cops are like, uh, uh, what'd you eat tonight? Show me a picture of it. You know, where'd you go? What do you, <laughs> what do you like? And I'm like, oh, fucking leave me alone, Officer Facebook. I'm going to tell you all this stuff about me. Oh, my God. But they like you. You know what? So I, I like to talk to the people that I'm near. Mm. And, uh, and if we're really friends, then, you know, time won't uh, dull that at all. The next time we see each other, a year later, we'll be friends like we were before. And there's some comfort in that so yeah none of that stuff i hate it i don't let my kids use it um do you know what the website is for people to check on the schedule for for right now mm -hmm. the website is www.therelapsetheater spelled e-r dot mm -hmm. uh, com actually you know what i think i think now you can go to Relapsetheater.com, spelled either way. Okay. I just want to make sure people know where they can, besides just hear, putting their ear to the ground and feeling the vibrations from the place. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, Great. Yeah, that's it, man. And uh, just come on by and uh, do stuff, do comedy stuff. Everybody's welcome. All right. Well, can you just say your full name into the microphone, please? Bob Wood. All right. Bob Wood, thank you for being on <laughs> Hot Breath, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Yeah. That was let's great. Do, let's do it all over again. This is reset. Oh, yeah. I didn't record any of it. <laughs> I've got some really <laughs> funny things to say this time. I wasn't funny at all. People... Oh, what? No, it was funny. But you did this to me. <laughs> people... It's a, it's a fun story. I mean, these aren't necessarily funny interviews. They're more of just like in-depth interviews about interesting people. You know? Oh yeah. Relapse has been resurrected. Thank you, Bob Wood. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, sponsors. If you enjoyed this episode, whether you be a listener or a sponsor, or a first timer or a lifer, let me know on iTunes. You know, it, it really does make you feel better knowing you contributed to this rising stock that is hot breath. And I must say, the others contributing to this rising stock, of course, my sponsors, Comedy Binge. Any comedian looking to get exposure on a global level, definitely go to ComedyBinge.co. Use promo code HOTBREATH. Get five bucks off. You know, Comedy Central, NBC, Hot Breath alum, Rob Hayes is headlining. And this is a first-of-a-kind, just like a first-of-a-kind episode we had today. A one-of-a-kind, first-of-a-kind, many-more-of-a-kind festival we have going on here it's really just a brian salmon his whole goal is just to give comedians the power take back the power instead of all these festivals having us running around like oh let me get seen here now he put the festival in one place and is projecting it out into the world and it's going to be in front of a lot of industry and people just looking for that next new comedian are you him or her comedybench.co promo code hot breath five bucks off Find out for yourself. Also, waxandwick.co. If you're online, might as well go by there. I mean, if you like money, go to waxandwick.co. Use promo code 40 off Joel Byers. Get 40% off your purchase. Instead of those cheap ones you're getting down at the gas station, you're getting a quick trip candle, inhaling all sorts of toxins and fumes. Nah. Go to waxandwick.co. Get you a soy candle. Get somebody a gift they won't return. <laughs> Get somebody a gift they won't re-gift with Wax and Wick. <laughs> and if you like comedy, how are comedy? I teach a stand-up class there. We have sketch classes. We have improv classes. All your comedy needs under one roof, and it's all at an early registration discount right now. So definitely check out howarecomedy.com. And if you have any other questions about my stand-up class specifically, you can, of course, go to joelbyerscomedy.com, howarecomedy.com, or check out Hardcore Casual Podcast. This is one of my fellow hashtag ATL pods. Hot brethren Sam G has an amazing podcast based out of here, Atlanta, where he explores people's 
you know, finer sides of life besides just doing comedy. He explored my teaching. We explored what people can expect out of the class, why I started the class. A lot of people hear about stand-up classes, and they're like, all right, what hack is trying to get 500 bucks out of me? Well, I'll first say off, my class is over half of what the other ones are. But um, you really learn about my take on the class and why I decided to start a class and uh, teach it the right way. So... Hardcore Casual Podcast, that's on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, all that jazz. And HowArcomedy.com for more info on how you can register. But I think I've said it all. You know, we've got the rain coming down. Even God's crying at how beautiful that episode was. And I thank you for sharing your beautiful listenership with this. If you're still listening this far in, you can go to iTunes. Not you can. You will go to iTunes. I suggest you go to iTunes. I would really enjoy it if you went there and left a review. We haven't really gotten one in a while, so we're up to 109, so it looks really cool, but then people are like, all right, it's good enough. He's got a nice rhythm with it. I don't. He doesn't need our help. I need your help to take this to the level we all know it should be at. Every vote counts. So go to iTunes. Make a vote you can feel good about. Hot breath. Well, I already said hot breath once, so might as well go ahead and close out with it. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to my engineer, Amon Garner, for yet another. We did it, man. You did it. Always making these episodes sound crystal clear. Thank you to my awesome fiance, Erin Rogers, for the theme song. You can check her out on social media, at Erin A. Rogers. You can check out Amon Garner on Facebook. On Instagram, all among Garner. We're about to drop his website soon, so stay tuned for that. But thank you so much for listening. I feel like this is a um, another great episode. I'm so happy it turned out so well and was very informative and insightful and inspirational. So that's what we aim to do here at the Hot Breath Averse. So I will project you back down into the black hole of reality, wherever you are whoever you are. I'll see you next Monday on Hot Breath. <gasps>